You are listening to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss our RC adventures. Welcome to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss the ups and downs of the new RC Flyer. Join your hosts, Michael and Jay, as they take flight at the park. Now on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Park Flyer Podcast. I'm Michael from Arizona. And with me always are my good friends. Jay from the hills of Texas. And AK Mike in Texas. And welcome to the Park Flyer Podcast. We, uh, this is the first uh, one of 2021 because 2020 um, kind of caught yeah, us. Ended, ended in a bang no, or more of a whimper or yeah, a boo. With the short hairs. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I'll tell you what, I, if, I, if I have to do it all over again, I would never want to relive 2020. Trust me. Uh, but before we get started, let's uh, get right to our sponsors. Three D Aerovitures, adding fun to the RC hobby, one layer at a time. Feeling weak and powerless. Sounds to me like you need A-Power batteries. When someone needs the best, they always choose the AT. A-Power batteries. Get on the web and get yours today. Well, welcome back to the Park Fire Podcast. Uh, yeah, man, I tell you what, for those of you that uh, listen to us on a regular basis, you probably realize that we didn't have a December or, you know, this is late in January, but um, that was mainly due to me and if you're watching well, just a, we well it you're well, watching you, you had to buy those guess why those bargain basement uh seals those silicon seals for your bunker uh-huh. i told you not to get yeah. those i said get good good seals man pay the money get real yeah. rubber don't get that fake also use the ky jelly no. <laughs> that's right but or not you know? i mean that, i don't I can't no. remember if it, it dissolves it i can't remember but they had them something sell at tgny for a dollar what can i say <laughs> Why? Wow, and therefore, it wasn't as time. hermetically sealed as you thought it was. And yes. what happened? The COVIDs got in. They got me. Yep. Unfortunately. It did. Yeah. And, 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 you, and once again, being an overachiever like you are, mm-hmm. you just can't get, you know, COVID. <coughs> oh, okay, I'm good. Nope. You know, two days later. No. And I'm back running around. No sweat. No. You, you go, man, I need something that would probably lay everybody out. <laughs> I need to go get the, the super special COVIDs. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll go somewhere foreign and and exotic and get something that hasn't been seen or by some strange african monkey by way of korea but yeah right? well, lucky it wasn't some african monkey but uh it was uh yeah i i had gone on a trip and uh on the way back from uh, from south korea i uh i was exposed and um i didn't really think anything of it they um you know my symptoms didn't really manifest themselves for quite almost seven days. Uh, well, it was probably about five days, five days into it. And, uh, unfortunately, um, it wasn't a whole lot. I mean, I know the list of symptoms for COVID is very long. Uh, there's, you know, two columns of stuff that you can happen. You can lose your taste and your smell and you can, you know, your head will screw around backwards or whatever it is, but that didn't happen to me. I, I got the chills and I was feeling, you know, kind of just run down. And I didn't really think anything of it, but the uh, company notified me that I'd been exposed and, you know, suggested I go get tested. But 
uh, it had been over seven days. So I, I was like, yeah, yeah, I probably, I'm probably good. Um, went to one of these little, you know, rapid testing places that my wife is like, well, if you got exposed, you should go, you know, get tested. And so 30 minutes later, you know, they test me and then they say, okay, we'll wait in your car and we'll call you. Congratulations. <laughs> That's about what it was. <laughs> Guy came in there and he goes, so tell me a little bit about this exposure. And I kind of went through it and he goes, well, yep, you are correct. You have it. And I, you know, I still felt great. I was just like, okay, well, you know, I'll just, I'll suck it up. I'll quarantine myself. Uh, and so about a couple of days later, they gave me some medicine, you know, it was just kind of a, like an inhaler. I think it was about three days, about two or three days later. Two or three days yeah. later. Yeah. yeah. I, I woke up, I took a shower and I told them, well, first of all, let me go back because if you do not own a pulse oximeter, which basically looks like this little unit, you, uh, you turn it on, you stick your finger in there and a couple, well, it's got a case on it. Let me take the case off. Uh, you put your <laughs> finger in there, and then, you know, a couple seconds later, it will tell you what your blood oxygen level is. And then my particular case, it's, you know, like 95, and then my pulse is at 100, which is normal for recovering COVID. Um, but anyway, I, I had seen one of the other guys at work who wrote a little article and said, you know, for 18 bucks, you can get this, you should really get it. And so I did. And I checked myself a couple of times and I bought one from my bag, you know, so I have two and I carry one in my bag at, you know, so if I'm up in the air, I can be like, yeah, hey, that's cool. Uh, anyway, my wife, I would, I, you know, she was using it because she had felt she had been exposed several, like a week earlier, but had never shown any symptoms. And uh, I, I woke up about three days later after, you know, I'd been Actually, I got the test on a Sunday, and this was about Wednesday, uh, Tuesday night or Wednesday night. And uh, I got up, and I showered, and I felt really tired. I just felt tired. And uh, so anyway, I got out of the shower, you know, finished drying off. I literally walked over. My clothes were laying on the, on the bed. And rather than get dressed, I just fell face first into bed. I, mean, I just was like, oh, I just want to sleep like 15 minutes. And I, I fell into bed. Six o'clock that evening, my wife comes in, you know. She's like, why are you still, are you still sleeping? You know, cause she had been at work the whole time she works at home, but she'd been in her office and I think she'd come in at lunch to check on me and just said, ah, he's tired. I'll let him sleep. So at six o'clock that night, she's like, this is very unusual. My husband is up, you know, normally I'm up at like 6 AM every morning and I go to bed sometime around 11 o'clock. So I don't sleep a whole lot. And she's like, for him to sleep all day, it must be kind of you know, weird. So she grabbed the pulse oximeter and shoved it on my finger and she kind of stood there looking at the numbers going, well, this doesn't sound right, you know. Hmm. <laughs> Negative numbers. That's not well, the, the numbers were were apart, but they were the wrong, you know, the wrong numbers in the wrong direction. My oxygen levels were this way low, and my heart rate was this way too high. And so she has a friend of hers that's a, a nurse and a mercy room nurse. And so she called her and, and said, uh, hey, my husband's laying here. He's been sleeping all day. And, you know, I got this thing on his finger, and it's showing – oxygen in the seventies and pulse rate up in the, you know, one fifties or sixties or one, whatever it was, what should I do? <laughs> and the lady was really sweet. She goes, well, I don't want to alarm you, but he needs to be in the hospital right now. <laughs> so she kind of shook me awake and half drug me out, you know, under the shoulder kind of thing to the car. And I was just like, Whoa, whatever. Uh, and then they, um, got to the mercy room. They wheeled me in and she parked, you know, kind of like a hotel, you know, you get him out. She's at the front door and she lets me out. The lady's standing there talking to me. She goes, okay, I'm going to go park the car. So she whips the car into a parking space, comes back in and I'm nowhere to be seen. They had wheeled me away. Well, they only wheeled me over to this location where COVID patients were. So I was still kind of like in the lobby. If my wife had seen 
you know, kind of that room over there because it was a separate room. And she didn't know they wheeled me in that room. So I was still down there. So she goes, where did my husband go? They go, oh, we took him. You know, he's already in. We checked him in. So he's gone. And Never to be and, seen uh, again. Yeah, pretty much. And so she's <laughs> kind of like freaked out because she's like, well, I didn't even to say goodbye or nothing. And so she goes back out to the car. She's texting me. You know, of course, I'm like half asleep. So I'm like, oh, I'm here, you know. And uh, so about two hours in the, uh, they did a chest x-ray and some other stuff. And um, about two hours in the emergency room, the the guy comes by and this lady, or this lady comes in, you know, lights and she comes in, she goes, okay, buddy, here we go. We're going to go for a ride. And I'm like, oh, great. Another test or, you know, CT scan or something like that. Nope. Straight up to the COVID ward. And uh, they wheeled me in a room and. 16 days later, I finally got out. So it was, uh, it was pretty, wow. pretty rough. Wait, wait. And, 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 and once again, the, the, the one benefit of course was the, you looked like so svelte and like you look gorgeous. I mean, gee whiz. So you, you know, 16 days later and what, uh, 26 pounds, 23 pounds, man, that's a yeah, ever, matter of fact, when I finally Damn. came out, uh, as I walked out of the hospital, even my wife was like, Oh my gosh. Cause she hadn't seen me. So that, that was the rough part. And, uh, you know, the first five days I was on, and, and, and if you're listening, you know, I, I was, I was critical. Um, I, I was, matter of fact, the doctor came in and asked if, uh, I wanted on a ventilator. And I said, I don't want to go on a ventilator because I've heard horror stories about that. You know, if all possible, I'm staying off the ventilator. So whatever I need to do, no ventilator. And he's like, no ventilator? And I said, no. So he called my wife. Well, this is day five, I guess, or four, four or five. And she hasn't heard from me at all because I can't talk. I've got this big, you know, monstrosity thing on my face. And um, anyway, the doctor called her and he said, hey, uh, just want to let you know. I talked to Michael and he said, um, you know, basically uh, he doesn't want to go on a ventilator. And she goes, okay, yeah, we want to stay off the ventilator if at all possible. He goes, well, then you need to. We need to make arrangements. So, so did they, did they take that as like, do not resuscitate? Right. <laughs> basically what they were that taking is exactly, it as? That's why he called. Okay. Gotcha. Because he said, if we're going to, if he does not want to agree to go on a ventilator, we cannot do anything for him any longer. So therefore you need to make arrangements. Well, she goes, okay, well, what kind of arrangements? He goes, funeral arrangements, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and I kind of laugh at that now. It's not funny, but <clears> and, you know, here's my wife who hasn't heard from me at all. And now the doctor who's taking care of me, just basically told her to start making funeral arrangements. And so, you know, she kind of started freaking out and I didn't understand that. So when the doctor came back in, he kind of explained to me, he said, I spoke to your wife and I told her if you weren't going to go on a ventilator, she needed to make arrangements for you. Uh, and then I went, whoa, okay. All right, wait, time out. You know, <laughs> I, you know, honestly, I, you know, I said, look, let's rephrase this. I think we need to rephrase this as something else, doc. I think uh, we got off on a, on a wrong foot. Um, I was saying like, just walking in here, not to just slap me on a ventilator. Cause you had, you got all these extra ones on the wall, right. you know? Well, if, they, if I'm going to die, go ahead and give it a shot. Okay? Right. And that's eventually <laughs> what I told them. I was like, oh, well, and, and you got to understand it was very difficult to communicate because uh, I had, you know, they were force feeding me oxygen at the time. And uh, I was still, I was on a, I'm on, I was on a BiPAP machine. I think if you're familiar with the sleep apnea thing, that's a, called a CPAP, right? I don't really know what the difference is other than the fact that it, 
this one was blowing 100% oxygen, you know, in my lungs. I mean, uh, the thing came off, the little nozzle came off and was whipping around the room like a freaking, you know, fire hose. It was like going everywhere. And I'm over there trying to, in the dark, I'm trying to grab it because it's like, you know, four o'clock in the morning. I'm trying to screw it back on and the alarms are going off, you know, because my oxygen levels drop so fast. And so they came back in. But, um, you know, having that on, it was difficult to communicate with the doctor because as I'm talking, I have to talk through this whole machine. And, uh, and I told him, I said, look, I'm a fighter. If this is a matter of life and death, which it was, I said, if it comes down to it and I don't respond to this BiPAP machine, um, you know, basically you are allowed to put me on a ventilator, but I just have heard so many horror stories. So if, if I can do anything to keep me off a ventilator, just let me know. And about that time, the, uh, respiratory therapist who was there said, well, you need to sleep prone, which means on your stomach. Well, if anybody has any type of beer belly, they know that's a very difficult thing to do. And, you know, at the time I, I still had a little, you know, little food stored up. <laughs> My winter coat was still on and, uh, you know, it, it was difficult to sleep on your stomach, especially with this big, you know, thing on your face. And, but, but I, you know, he told me, he said, he said, look, I will tell you that most people have recovered quicker if they sleep prone on their stomach. Uh, the guys that are not doing it and are fighting it, they wind up in ICU. And I was like, okay, that's all you had to tell me. And, uh, so for, you know, those five days, I was literally flat out on my stomach sleeping, you know, flat. But, uh, you know, that after a week, uh, they put me on remdesivir and uh, dexy, uh, let's see, dexamethasone, which is a steroid. Uh, I was on the remdesivir for uh, five days. And uh, on the fifth day, they came in there basically our sixth day, I guess it was five days, five days of the, and then the next day I didn't get it. Um, but they, they said, you know, we, we got good news. It was probably about two in the morning. Respiratory therapist came in and nudges me and he goes, Hey buddy, I got some good news for you. I've, I've turned your O2 levels down and, uh, and that's a good start. So I was pretty happy at that point. I, I dodged the, you know, the bullet to go, you know, up or down <laughs> that elevator to wherever I'm going. Uh, and then, you know, I dodged the, the rest or the um, ventilator as well. So it, I, I'm glad it worked out. It, it wasn't so with other people on my floor. I think that night they had about four other people that went to ICU. So I, I felt really lucky. Um, my wife had created a Facebook page for me, you know, on personal side and, and a lot of people reached out and I got put on a lot of prayer rolls and a lot of, you know, a lot of prayers thrown my way and a lot of good support from, you know, hundreds of people that reached out. And then I felt really bad because there were people that had no idea, you know, that I affiliate myself with and either in the airline world or the aerobatic world or RC world. And, and they had no idea because it happened so fast and it wasn't like I was communicating with anybody. I you know, couldn't talk on the phone or any of that stuff. So, but it was touch and go for a little bit. And I, I am thankful to everyone and everything and, the man above for, for bringing me out of this. So my yeah. feelings were hurt for a little bit because you weren't communicating with anybody. Yeah, and I, I thought, you know, I took it really personally and, you know, it's like, wow, Mike doesn't even call me anymore. It's like, what happened? Well, he never called me before, but even now he's not calling me. It's like, wow, this <laughs> is Christmas really bad. Jeez, I usually get one phone call at least. I know, right. Well, I, you know, I need to take this forum and I know we've kind of chatted a little bit about it. And, you know, if you have questions or whatever, feel free to email me, but, I don't want to spend a lot of time on it, but I, I have to publicly thank Jay 
because right after I went in, we were in the process of packing up the house and selling the home because we're building a new one. And uh, Jay jumped on an airplane, came out and, you know, helped my wife pack up the house. He directed everything. And I, I never got to see him. And I think I only talked to you maybe once or twice right as I was getting towards the end of this thing. And then uh, you were actually gone back at home uh, by the time they released me. So, uh, but I, I personally have to thank Jay. He did a tremendous job and I know it, he didn't have to come out, but he did. He was pretty quick. I mean, I sure was hell was going to do it because you weren't calling me. So I was like, uh, there's yeah, no way I'm going there. Yeah, well, <laughs> In fact, I called Mike up and say, hey, man, you want to come out there with me? He goes, I mean, well, I, I know I that sounds petty and everything, somebody. but that's just the way I am. I got to thank Jay for helping me pack up everything. I got to thank Mike for not coming out here and kicking my butt, you know, for not kicking <laughs> yeah. Well, buddy, you know, it's okay. I'm, I'm, I was happy to do it, and, you know, it all worked out. But, I mean – it was a, um, like I said, this guy's got this personality. Uh, he just can't do things, you know, nice and simple. He has to do it 100%, yeah. the hardest way you can do it. Yeah. Always has to true. be a challenge. Yeah. And it was a challenge to, you know, pack up all your crap and get you moved out before, you know, the repossessors are coming, you know. <laughs> well, I, I, just, I have, I think what I think the, our listeners are asking in their own minds <clears> is, what are you going to do when it comes time to move into your new house? I, I mean, know, right? You, exactly. For some yeah. kind of thing. You can't do COVID again. No. That's already gotta, blown. I got to come so, up with something, you know. What do you, I, know. I mean, what do you, what do you, I guess you could do emphysema because you got, you know, the nose yeah, thing already. I so could, you're good there. You know, so if, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see that I'm wearing an oxygen cannula. I'm still on O2. If you're listening, you won't see it. But I am wearing, uh, I am on a, a small dose of oxygen when I'm in the house. I have to wear it. I do have to say, Mike, out of all my friends, this was the biggest thing that somebody's done to get out of some work. I know. Everybody, right? everybody mentioned <laughs> To pack up his house. I mean, I, I've heard of all sorts of excuses and, you know, you know, I, I got to fly here. This is going on. My mom died. But uh, this one. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm in the hospital. My wife. <laughs> Can you come out back my house? <laughs> My wife. He knew, he knew the dog ate the homework wasn't going to work, right? <laughs> I mean, that was pretty obvious that wasn't going to work. No, actually, my wife told me tonight, she said, you know, when we move into the new house, you better not be on a trip or, I, or we are getting divorced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm also sure that she doesn't want me to come out there and help oh, she, again. Yeah. I mean, you've got you to gotta give her credit, though. I mean, she was under an incredible. Oh, yeah. No, stress. without a doubt. She dude. really I was. Mean, come on. And you know, I, I everything really that's going on. Like I said. Oh yeah, your your. By the way, your husband may die. Oh, and by the way, uh, you got to have your house packed up and be out by Monday. Uh, you know. Oh, oh, and by the way, you know this is going on with your new house. Right. Uh, did you want insulation in that? It, okay, whatever. You know, I, yeah. I. I mean, all that stuff was all happening at once. So. Oh, right. and, and work. Yeah, and she was still trying. I mean, she had got off of work right. because of that. But you know, work was like, hey, what's going on? You know, what happened? They were really nice. That was the part that but, was when she told me that. I was like, what? What, what do you mean you're still working? What? Yeah. <laughs> well, well, this is going, you're still working. You're at work. Aren't you on they, vacation they or let her off. leave or something? Right. That was crazy. That was kind of. But crazy. Uh, oh, hey, I know what I wanted to tell you. Um, so remember you you before you got sick and they you know you'd come home from Korea and you and you told me yeah you got sick. sick. You know, I like how, I like how he does the quotes. Well, you know, remember before you got sick. <laughs> yeah. So so you remember how you said that you'd gotten a massage. Yes. When you were in Korea, right? I did. Well, okay. uh, oh, and, I got a massage when I was in uh, South America. 
in Santa Paula. South America. It was South America, but oh, that's right, South America. And you said that, man, that was the lady really, you know, I was really, really sore and it hurt. Yes. Remember how you said that it hurt yeah. a lot? Yep. Okay. I was watching um, uh, the Hodgkin twins. The, the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Two guys. Yeah. So I was watching those guys and they were talking about they got, they both got COVID, right? Oh, okay. And one of the things they talked about was the lack of a fever, getting a fever, you know, type yep. of thing, you know, uh, flu type symptoms. And that it was really, really painful that really? that their muscles really ached. Hmm. And they thought it was because they had worked out previous, like whatever. And they were like, what was the workout that we did? Because, man, my back was, you know, my lower back or my muscles, wherever, were, were really aching. And then they were like, yeah, we really didn't work out that day or, you know, whenever they thought they, they thought about it. Right. And that, that's one of the things they they mentioned that their muscles were, were aching prior to them getting symptoms. And I was thinking, hey, that, you know, you had, you had complained about it, that that was the first time that somebody had hurt you giving you a massage like that. And I, I thought that that was kind that's of true. kind of a funny thing. Now that you mentioned that, that that makes a lot of sense. And and actually going back on this thing, um, you know, the Santa Paula trip was I want to say around 12 and a half hours or maybe 13 hours or something. It's, it's yeah. not, not quite as far as Korea, but it's close. And I actually got, you know, assigned the trip. So I kind of ran out there, but on the way down, um, you know, we, we do a break. So we have like a little, you know, apartment like looking area. It's more like an RV, you know, bed, but uh, I crawled up there and there's a temperature sensor up there. And most of the time the guys keep it really cold because it's, you sleep better when it's cold and, you know, everybody wants to go to sleep up there. And so uh, it was like 64 degrees or something in this little cubby hole. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you could hang meat in this place, which normally I sleep with it at the same. You know, I crawl up there with that temperature all the time. So uh, I was telling my wife when I got out of the hospital, they were talking to the doctor as well. She's like, well, we need to go back and try to find out when you're showing symptoms. Uh, I, I had the chills. I mean, because it was cold. But I attributed that not to COVID. Oh, to, I didn't, to I didn't know I had been yeah. exposed yet. I attributed it to the fact that these guys had turned this temperature down. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this airplane is freezing. But then I never could get warm, right? And and so I turned the I turned up the, the temperature to like 72 degrees, which now you're in an oven because the space is so small that, that 72 degrees in this little, you know, bunker space, it's like <laughs> you, could, you could like cook, you know, you could cook your dinner in there. And I just, I finally, you know, got rid of the chills, but I felt bad because when the next guy, you know, the next guys came in there, I was just like, oh, sorry, I turned that oven up. You know, they're like, oh my gosh, there's like heat wave coming out of here. So I, I didn't think about it until after, you know, and then I had the massage when I was down there. When I came back, I was just like, it dawned on me that I had symptoms when they you know, finally came out. They, they had called me actually and said, oh yeah, you got exposed coming back from Korea, which would have been less than seven days. So it would have been, you know, about five days when I started uh, showing symptoms, but I only got the chills uh, and the body aches and, and, and then the fact that I was really tired, but that had, right. that had more to do when I got back because of the, the way COVID was affecting your lungs. But once again, I mean, you know, the pulse oximeter, I think is $18 on Amazon. I think if you don't have one, you should get one. Cause um, my dad told me that there were two incidences in, his he had two friends and both of them were our age and you know had the same symptoms kind of thing very very mild got tired went to bed never woke up the next morning so they wow. you know hypoxia is real weird i mean 
if you're flying RC airplanes, you know, you really don't have to deal with that unless you're up in, you know, Pikes Peak or somewhere. But <laughs> if you've ever climbed a mountain, you know, they talk about altitude sickness and all that stuff. Well, that's truly, uh, as a pilot, as a professional pilot, we actually learn. Uh, as a matter of fact, Jay and I go, go far enough back that we were in the, the, the altitude chamber together. Uh, and so we both are understand what our hypoxic symptoms are and my mind are tunnel vision. I, I get tunnel vision really bad. I, it's like, I'm looking through a soda straw. And so the room gets dark and everything kind of closes in and makes like this little circle around it. You're just looking through it. Um, and I, and I, don't, I don't know if you remember yours or not, cause you know, I've used mine more, but, uh, you know, once your body kind of manifests that it's with you for the rest of your life, it doesn't really change. And, um, and that was one of the things that, you know, people don't talk about oxygen deprivation or not having oxygen available to it. And your brain uh, will shut your whole body down to, to stay alive. And so your extremities and all that stuff. Matter of fact, that was one of the things in the hospital. They kept coming in and touching my ankles to see if it would react, if I would actually, you know, because you grabbed your skin and, you know, let go of it. Kind of like one of those things. It'll turn white and then, you know, go back to the color they would come in and test my ankle that way down on my ankles to see if I was getting oxygen to my extremities. And, uh, but that's what'll happen. If you become hypoxic, uh, your brain steals all the oxygen and the rest of your faculties will just basically stop working. And, uh, when I was laying there in bed, you know, doctor was kind of like, yeah, you could have been 10 minutes. It could have been 10 hours. Um, you know, you were a happy hypoxic. You weren't, you weren't (laughs) any hypoxic. Well, I mean, I was because I, I, no, 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 I, I, I didn't feel bad. Right. I mean, I was, I was like, I don't I'm not coughing or runny nose or, you know, I didn't have, you know, a fever or any of that stuff. I mean, I was cold, but hot shower took care of that, and you know, get under the covers. But, um, you know, it's one of those things had I not had the pulse oximeter, my wife probably would have just said, eh, he's tired. I'll just let him sleep because, you know, I very rarely get sick. And, and if I do, I usually just sleep through it and then I take some NyQuil and she probably thought that's what I did. It just took some NyQuil and went to bed. But, um, you know, it, it could have been one of those where she laid down next to me at, you know, at nine thirty or six thirty at night. And, and then I just didn't wake up the next morning because your heart rate gets, your heart rate keeps elevating because it's trying to pump oxygen. And, uh, eventually it gets high enough that it just says, okay, well, you know, enough is enough. And you, you basically go into cardiac arrest. But it's not like a, it's not like a, you know, like a double bypass type thing where you, you know, it's not, it's being blocked. It's just not getting any oxygen from your lungs. Right. So, so I looked out, you know, like I said, 18 bucks, buy one. If you don't have one, it's worth it. Get one for your family. And uh, I tell everybody, you know, everybody I see, I'm like, hey, this is not something you would normally know if you were not in my industry or at least understood like a climber, uh, you know, somebody, the, the guy that, the reason I bought it is because one of the, the pilots I work with way back in February of last year got it right at the very beginning. And they were going to put him on a ventilator, and he's, he had a pulse oximeter. He, he had climbed like K2 or Mount Everest or whatever. He's a big climber. And he understood of hypoxia as well, mainly because, you know, we're pilots, but because he had experienced. And he, he checked and said, look, my, my O2 levels are too low. It has nothing to do with a ventilator. Ventilator just helps you breathe, right? I need oxygen. And he fought with the doctor. As a matter of fact, you know, his wife sent him, the, she had to mail it to him, but she sent him a little pulse oximeter so he would, you know, show the doctor and he would have it on. And finally they listened to him and he actually recovered too. It was a long recovery though because they fought about it for a couple of days. And 
Wow. The longer you wait, the more damage can be done to your lungs because your lungs will start, you know, just closing down. They look, you know, those little grapey looking things that you see on the internet, they'll look like raisins. Then they don't work, you know, and getting that back is the long road. So. Well, once again, uh, unfortunately, uh, you went out with a bang. I mean, well, you didn't go out with a bang, but you <laughs> went out with a whimper. But, but with a whimper, but, uh, you know, timing's everything because now there's a vaccine, several vaccines. <laughs> yeah, several. <laughs> you missed it by so much, but um, it did honestly. Uh, luckily, yeah, I can get the vaccine, but uh, I have to wait three months because it's uh, it's more of a booster for me since I already had it. I got yeah, the- yeah, yeah. I'm not. We're not worried about you now, bud. No, I know. Hey. Well, I mean, I'm not out of the woods yet. I'm still in OT, but hopefully, yeah, well, only yeah, another week. Come on. So I am. I am actually doing physical activities and you know, trying to build up and I have to do these deep breathing exercises and I have to use a, I, I keep calling it a spegmometer, but it's a spiral. <laughs> I don't know what it's called. Spegmometer. You've, you've done flying, yes. right? <laughs> you've done RC flying, right? I did. I actually, uh, I lucked out this last uh, Tuesday. Finally, I was able to uh, sneak out of the house and uh, got over to the park and uh, showed up and the guys were like, you know, Hey, it's good to see you. Now stand over there. Yeah. Uh, well, that, that was funny because everybody was wearing a mask. You know, they're standing six feet apart. And I walk up and I, I literally just for fun, I stuck my hand out and the guy looked at me and I go, I can't give it and I can't receive it. So here you go. And he just shook his head. I was like, I'm just kidding. But, uh, you know, they were all interested. Uh, two of them didn't even know I was in the hospital. And um, or maybe more. There was a couple of them, but uh, they they heard the story. They were just like, oh, my gosh, we didn't have, we had no idea. And I told them, you know, all these guys standing there and they're like, well, it's good to see you. And I said, you know, actually, honestly, it is, I am much happier to see you than you are to see me. I mean, just, <laughs> it was that close, you know, I mean, I, I look back now and it's been, you know, since I think I went in, I think I was tested on December 4th, 2021. And I got out of the hospital, uh, Christmas Eve. So, uh, so I've been out, you know, a couple of weeks and I'm still you know, working with the COVID doctor to kind of get stronger and better. But uh, they, they did, they did have a good time. We talked about it. You know, I think every one of them went out and bought the pulse oximeter off of Amazon before I even got home. And, you know, I'm sending them a link and they're like too late, already bought it. Uh, you know, cause they're all you know, a little older than I am, but they're all worried. And then um, when I was there, Charlie basically said, have you flown? And I said, no, he goes, well, how about you come fly this airplane? And so uh, he, he has a little, balsa wood uh, profile airplane that uh, he had with him and he got it airborne and then handed me the control. So everybody's like, is this the first time you've flown since you've been in the hospital? And I go, hence the reason I'm four or five, six mistakes high. <laughs> I like somebody else's airplane. I don't want to, you know, smash a balsa wood airplane. If it was a foamy, I would have flown it down, but you know, he hands me a balsa wood airplane. So yeah, I flew it way up high, but it all kind of came back. I wasn't as crisp, you know, as I have been where I, where, what I was before I went in the hospital, but it's all kind of still there. It's muscle memory. So I was able, I did a couple of snap rolls and some inverted flight and a couple of rollers and uh, a couple of hammerheads and tail slide. They were all impressed with the tail slide because, you know, it's a profile. So getting it to actually slide backwards is a little bit tougher to do, but I was able to do it. So and it was a really light wind. And anyway, about a minute left on his timer, I handed it back to him because I was like, ah, it's not my airplane. I don't want to put it in the sprinkler head and <laughs> you have to buy a profile. So, but you know, the, the good news and bad news is, you know, I had to get a storage unit cause we moved out of our house and, uh, luckily we can I kind of organized all that stuff. So 
most of my airplanes are either in the trailer or in the storage unit. And I think uh, now that I'm stronger and can get over there, I'll I'll dig a couple of foamies out so I can go fly. But I think tomorrow uh, I'm going to mosey out to the field because I'm to the point now where I, I can get off of oxygen, you know, if I'm out a little bit. You know, I can stay off of it for a little bit of time. Um, but I have a, a bottle that I travel with in the car, and then I have this concentrator that's here at the house that, you know, I, I stay on. So that McCallum will just keep you going, huh? So the what is? The McCallum. It'll just keep you going, that bottle of McCallum you have in the car. <laughs> 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 yeah. Is, oh, you meant oxygen. I'm sorry. I yeah. <laughs> exactly. So. Uh, no, it's a, it's actually a big tank. Uh, it's actually bigger than what I've seen before. This is a it looks like a scuba tank, just a real narrow scuba tank. But that's one of those things that says, you know, you'd rather have a bottle in front of me than in front of a lobotomy. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. But I'm bump. Exactly. I'm here all all night, folks. So. Hey, so this is the one of the first Christmases that we've had. That a we you know I I got a gift to you way before you know Christmas. Two, it, I think it's the first gift that you didn't even open on christmas normally you open it's like opened at like you know thanksgiving the next day after thanksgiving it gets open you know? yeah, the, yeah. the gifts get 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 around that you know area and then it's like hey are you gonna save it till christmas huh oh no man i opened it up and put the thing together like two days after i got it you know type of well, thing it's much better to so fly this, on christmas and say here you go right i mean i got this christmas gift yeah i guess christmas but this christmas you haven't even you haven't even touched my gift no, it uh, it came in, and then the whole house got packed up, and uh, it actually got put, um, you know, in the motorhome, and uh, I got home Christmas yeah. Eve, and uh, of course we weren't taught, we we hadn't talked yet, and trust me, my wife was more interested in having me home. I think she cried for two days just having me there, and uh, when I finally made it, and I really wasn't in a position. I was still pretty weak when I came out of the hospital. Which was well, a weird deal I'm, in itself. I'm saying I'm cutting you some slack, dude. But yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Now it's like you know we're here, middle of January. You know. I know it's mid January. And, and I got you know, and I thought, oh, hey, he's living in the mobile home now, and that way he can <laughs> get right outside his, his thing. He'd stay inside if it's cold, and he could fly. You know, looking out the front window. True. Yeah. You know, that was the whole idea behind it. Yeah, I just haven't. I just been busy enough with uh, you know just recovery and and some of the house stuff that. Uh, the good news is I've been able to go to the new house pretty much every day, you know, in the mornings. Uh, Arlie would drive me, uh, you know. Pasha recovery. Pasha. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's I'm not doing anything but sitting in the truck, and I was in my pajamas for most of it. I mean, guys got yeah, out I'm and like, like wow, day, you're, really, you're really casual today because I'm wearing, like, sweatpants and a T-shirt, you know. And yeah. go to Walmart. Fact, this is right one of in. the first days I actually put a shirt on for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Normally, yeah. I just kind of lounge around in my skin. What do they call it? The active wear. Okay, there you go. We're on in my flip flops, but um, so yeah, I you know now I feel much better today. It was a it was a long week when I got home, even though I was home for Christmas. It was I just it was so hard to get up and walk around, and I I'd, I'd walk from one end to the other and just be exhausted. You know, I'd have to sit for an hour just to recover. But my recovery today is much quicker. I'm not quite where a normal recovery would be. Most people's oxygen levels are like 95 to 97. Then when you jump up off your chair and you run to the front door or run to the mailbox or whatever, your levels will drop to like 90. And then when you sit back down and take a couple of deep breaths, they'll recover back up to 97. And I'm not quite there yet. So I'm, I'm still in the mid nineties to low nineties and then drop. If I exert myself, I'll drop to the low or to the high eighties. 
Well, I guess the big story then is, will you, do you think you're going to be ready for dun, 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 the festival? Yes, I will be, actually. Okay. Uh, the, doctors, the doctors basically told me that recovery is somewhere between uh, two weeks on the fastest side and six weeks on the longest side. Some people take longer than six weeks, but the average, I guess, and where I'm at, they're saying that it, it may just, you know, I should be raring to go and off oxygen and on my own recovering everything in a six week time frame. So okay. we're looking about two more weeks and the electric festivals, I think three or four weeks out. So actually, yeah, it's almost uh, a month away. So as of today, the day we're doing the podcast, but, um, but yeah, I'm excited about that. Um, I, I will be ready and I will attend regardless of whether I'm flying or not. It's a different story, but uh, I do, you know, I do expect to be there and, and, um, you know, I told Shannon, I, you know, I don't even know if Shannon knew I was in the hospital, but he had emailed me and I didn't respond, but, <laughs> and I texted him, I was like, yeah, we'll be there, you know? So, um, I, you know, I'm planning on being there and hopefully you guys can make arrangements to, you know, to be here too. And I know this kind of screwed everything up. We normally have this stuff planned way in advance and we're raring to go, but, uh, you guys may have to dig a couple airplanes out of the uh, out of the storage unit, but uh, it should be good. They're all up, they're all at the front of the storage unit. I know, and or they're in the trailer, one of the two. So, right. You know, I have a trailer, but yeah, it's um, you know I'm I'm getting more excited about it, and uh, and I know that usually when we attend, you know, we spend a lot more time doing podcasts and stuff than we actually do flying. But uh, I'm pretty I'm pretty excited about it. Whether I get to fly or not, it's a different story. But uh, either way. I'm uh, I'm I'm happy to see everybody. Trust me, <laughs> I'll, I'll be super excited to be there. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, but I'm looking forward to it. So it's um, it's going to be good to see everybody. And although it'll be a little different, they're still doing the you know kind of COVID. Everybody's going to be wearing a mask and trying to stay six feet apart, that kind of thing. So our podcast, well, I think we're handing out uh, park uh, park flyer uh, podcast polls, six foot oh, polls for everybody polls. with our go. logo on it. So they could poke each other. Yeah, that's so, exactly you know. right. Well, I was thinking about the other day that, uh, you know, unfortunately we've been doing this YouTube channel. I don't know. I don't know how we're going to do a video link or whatever. I mean, we'll have to figure that out. I do have some GoPro cameras. Jay, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to make you a uh, hula hoop, six foot hula hoop there you that you have to wear. <laughs> just like, just, no, no, you won't be swinging it. It'll just be, it'll be just with stiff there. rods, you know, six feet out so that people don't touch you. <laughs> like a little hoop skirt. Yeah, No, Jay didn't get fat. That is his yep. COVID hoop. COVID hoop. Uh, He's got to go. wear it. There you go. That's funny. That is pretty interesting. Well, well Mike, I, I got to tell you, though, we, we felt so bad about everything that happened to you. Yeah. And I was so devastated, you know, after I left your place and came back that Mike came down and he consoled me. What? And, and That's yes. Awesome. And, and, in order to get over my grief, because, you know, I, I I could barely speak about the whole thought of he you was, being on the He was on a blubbering mess. Was he? Yes, blubbering. I'm a sure blubbering mess. That, uh, or was that blubbery? I can't I can't remember. <laughs> something like that. He was a blubbery mess. That's a good one. That, that, you know, the way that for me to grieve was to have Mike come down and for us to have fun for a whole week or two. Well, Saturday. and I heard it was a pretty good, it was a fun time. So. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Mike's finally off his deathbed. Let's get together. 
Well, it was yeah, that worked out pretty good. I, I really wanted to fly down because it sounded like a fun time. And, you know, at that point I was able to phone and text. And every time I try to get in touch with you guys, you're out at the field. So. So, so, so one of the first things that happened when I came down was he said, all right, where's your helicopter? I was like, well, it's broken. He goes, well, oh, for your you birthday. I, thought you, I got right? you for your birthday. Yeah. yeah. He's like, but you know, how many times have you flown it twice? Well, now you I broke it already. I don't feel so bad it's like, now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I broke it. It doesn't work. The tail boom's broken. He goes, the boom's broken. Let me see it. So I, I had brought it with me and, uh, we took it out, and he's like, the boom's not broken. I said, well, you know, that thingy at the back, it's broken. It won't land. You know, you're going to crash every time you land or get near the ground. So Wait, wait. The boom is the long tube. that Right. It wasn't Exactly. It, no. It, it was the no, little plastic piece that sits vertical. It's a little plastic piece in the back that when you land hard. It stabilizes. It makes, exactly. Right. It keeps, it keeps the, the, uh, the tail rotor off the ground. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, so we were like. Well, what's a guy to do? I mean, you got a broken plastic part. You got 3D printers. Yeah, I would have said. What, what's a guy to do? 3D and so I think we probably spent uh, more time than I thought putting together, like 10 or 15 minutes, putting together uh, a design for this thing. Stabilizer. I mean, truly, it just took Jay no time at all. He's like, well, how big is that? It's like, I don't know. He put the measuring tool on it. And, he 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 knocked out something really quick. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. But, but once again, I didn't exactly do it. You did. Well, that's true. You were measuring and giving me numbers, and right. then we were we kind of both did it together. But it really, it, it, it went it went super fast. Yeah, like, sure. Faster than I ever met. And then what the fun part for me was like I would speculate about sizes and stuff. Eh, that's five. That's a two. <laughs> you know, he's like, you don't know that. It's like, yeah, yeah it is. And then then he would go and measure. And he goes. All right, it's a two. That's funny. <laughs> Give it a two point one. You know, we want to make it a little bigger. It's like okay, fine. And so and so we had, we knocked that thing out probably in about an hour, really. Wow. Yeah, it was an hour and a half. Yeah. And made it, and it. I mean, damn if it didn't fit exactly on there. I mean, of course it would because you measured everything. But it was just surprising to me. Yeah. To be able to just sort of knock that thing out in such a way, and of course we had a, a ton of fun with that helicopter after that. Flying around because it 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 flies for a good ten minutes on a battery. Yeah, sure. And uh, it you know it's just a ton of fun just flying that thing around. So it's a pretty good helicopter. Um, but you know it was it was stuff like that. And I think Jay, is that when we made the shelf brackets too? Um, did we do the shelf? Bra- no, no, that's when you came down for Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. So, so but records. still, we, you know, we've so we've done a couple of these little projects. They're just stupid projects. I mean, in this case of the, it's the, it, the helicopter was good, but the, I had some shelf plastic shelf brackets I needed for my California closet shelves that yeah, broke. Sure, sure. And Jay's like, well, you know, let's measure it out, and we just knocked something out. I mean, like it was it was nothing. Uh, we did some battery connectors and a couple oh that's right yeah you uh, random the ba- yeah i mean you, you needed uh, they were battery connectors they were oh it was for your yeah, yeah. um it was for your pick X, motor yeah yeah they were x xt60 uh, was battery it connect, connectors. was it ho- not They're holders caps. but was it caps. like latches no no it's like uh when you when you if you put two the two connectors yeah. together yeah. it held them that way oh gotcha gotcha, gotcha. right because it was like they, a latch right. and it was yeah when i was flying it would come loose yeah it was a safety latch yeah, so 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 that the battery wouldn't come loose. And actually, once it was started, I really didn't need the battery anyway. But it was a pain in the ass because if I wanted to restart the motor and I still had it on my back, I had to get somebody to plug them back in or whatever. Oh, that's on your paramotor, you said. Yeah, my yeah, paramotor. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And so, 
so we've done a couple things. And so the only reason why I said all that is because, well, this is what you can see if you're on YouTube. You get to see what I got for my oh, Christmas. This was some tools to help with, you know, the cleaning up of stuff. And then the, the tool, the random tool case, there. you know, with the scraper yeah. and some other yeah. stuff yep. in it. And then and then a whole roll of uh, of uh, uh, red red because you know jake just couldn't see me making pink stuff anymore uh, just it put him beside himself coming just, from a man who makes everything in lime lime fluorescent green he couldn't see fabulous. i like that you know, colors i i wear i have a, I have a p- pink camera holder that i made <laughs> and uh all the guys are like dude is that pink it's like yeah uh, yeah I'm but you're uh, you're not gonna manhood. lose that thing that's what, yeah. <laughs> I like I, I told jay that i said jay no one's gonna ever steal that and ever. steal it. That's really nice. Like, that's really they'll nice. They'll see laying around. They'll be like, "That's Mike's." I'm not touching <laughs> that's, it. That's Mike. That's Mike's. <laughs> but Without a doubt. I, you know, I'm only saying any, all that stuff because, you know, as much as I know, and we've been doing this for a while now, that having a 3D printer is, you know, kind of really hobbyish. I guess uh, it's become more of a functional element in at least Jay and my's RC and then some of my personal stuff, you know, just that the things that we're making. So, right. yeah. I, I, you know, I don't know if I would recommend the printer I have because I think it's too small, mm-hmm. but but the one that Doug bought, what was that, the Creality? Yeah, yeah Cre- uh, the, the Ender the 3 Creality one version pretty two. reasonable. I think it's a 110 by 110 or one. Uh, no, 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 it's, it's two, 235 by 235. Thank you. Millimeters. Yeah, mine's the 110 by 110, yes. which is too small. And and so I think that's a reasonable size for the kinds of things that we would do. I don't know, I've made a battery holder. I've made, you know, uh, some adapters for a rod so the foam doesn't bend anymore. You know, it's like I got rods that go through my plane and, the, and that basically the foam just gets reamed out after a while. Sure. And so I put replacement thing. So just little kind of things. And I, it oh, didn't we, like didn't it we really... also make parts for for? You know, plane, the plane, the nose. I I made uh, something. Yeah, for the nose yeah, of, yeah, yeah. For, for your uh, for, for your radjet. Yeah, I did that for the radjet, but I also did it for one of your planes that was down here. And mine. Yeah. Uh, what plane was it? No, um, not for the nose. Not not nose. for the nose. It was. Was it? No, it was for the. It was the Panther. It, uh, the Panther. Oh jet yeah, plane. you told me you made something. It was like a skid or something, right? Yeah, well, we put that. I, yeah, we made a skid. We put that on, and then it was also the the nose of it uh, uh, wasn't reinforced, and so when you put the lid in, it would it would pop out because the lid. Oh right, right. you <clears throat> put the lid holder, a lid holder, right. make a better lid holder. That's right, right you did. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, but, I know because the foam on that on the lid itself. Yeah, it had just know, gotten wallowed got, out. Got ripped off because yeah, I keep nosing it into the ground. Sure. What happens? The battery <laughs> tries like to that. come through. It's just these things that happen. <clears throat> well, I will tell you Mike, so, that uh, the couple of times that I've been down to Jay's this this last year, thing three D things have wandered their way into my bag for when I came home. So yeah, I I have a whole you know little baggie full of like the end caps for the battery. Yeah. And, because I use some really big six cell, you know, five thousand million six cells, and so it's a little cap that goes on the end of it. So yeah, it's there's always something. I think Jay has pretty much got that machine, got his money's worth on that machine. He sure has. Stuff. He sure has. That's good. Yeah. So so I, I you know it, it even though this is a model RC model hobby, mm-hmm. uh, when I look at the kinds of things that you do with your airplanes in terms of 
you know, the engineering things that you might do if you're putting together a foamy for the first time or the kind of measuring it, stick, if you're doing stick building or building something from scratch or whatever, this, this is on that same level. And what's cool is that it, it, fits, in, it fits in with it. And so it's, it's really kind of an extension of the hobby. Oh, right. And of course you can use it outside the hobby, but I just feel like, you know, even w with the kind of gear that's out there today, right. you, you can do it without too much knowledge. Uh, we'll have to have Doug on to talk about that, but you can do, do I mean, he's, yeah. I'm, he's an engineer though. So it's, yeah. I mean, he, he would know how to do this stuff. But my point is, I feel like it, you know, quote unquote, regular people can use this stuff now. Right. When, when Jay first started doing it, it was a little bit deeper, but now they've had so many iterations of so many different types of units that it works nicer and you can, you know, get expected output a lot simpler than you used to be able to right. before. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. I mean, the software's in bed, gotten better every year and, you know, all kinds of improvements to the firmware, to the units, all this different stuff. So anyway, I just want, kind of want to throw that out there because I, cause I, you know, even though I walk away sometimes from Jay's house, when, when I'm not hanging out on Jay, I don't really think about that stuff. But we yeah. sit down for a couple hours and we're just knocking out stuff left and right. It's like, what about this? What about you know what, Jay, I could make one of those. And he goes, yeah, why aren't you? You know, what's happening? And so really, uh, you know, the good news is that when I'm around, Jay has got this inspiration that comes from in the form of the idea man that we have here. Absolutely. You know, Jay, Jay's the idea man. And, <laughs> make uh, it happen. And uh, so we, we, you know, it's just good stuff. Awesome. Well, And we got in a lot of good flying, too. So that was a lot of fun. We did. Yeah. And, of course, I crashed stuff. Yeah, but then it gets oh, you. Really. Just so Jay can fix it. There you go. Jay's good at that. Jay's a fix it, man. Oh, my goodness. I'll never. Oh, I mean. It, our, it, actually. Our Arizona Electric Festival where uh, they crashed the jet and Jay had got the Gorilla Glue. I think he glued himself more than he glued the jet. But, yeah, he he's fixed a couple of them out there. So It's funny because guys are like, yeah, I'm done. You know, and Jay's like, what are you talking about? You know, in the next. Give, me, give me 10 minutes. I'll be right back. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. A couple of, uh, you know straws and pencils and uh you know a couple of chopsticks and some gorilla glue we're good as new. it just needs to fly it doesn't need to look pretty i mean that's that really one, the that's long little fly yeah. it's good to go yeah uh, but that stems all the way back when we had to order stuff from china back what was it it wasn't hobby king it was uh something else it, uh it, it was uh, oh it wasn't called hobby king it, uh, it was hobby king but their name was hobby something. city hobby hobby city hobby, hobby city Hobby City, when they first started out, and Jay and I were way back there, you know, doing the whole thing. Uh, you know, we would order parts from China, and it would take six or eight weeks to get here. So if you wanted to fly, you better, you know, be able to fix your plane and continue to fly because your part wasn't going to get here for weeks. So, uh, you know, we're building foam airplanes, and people are like. I, I think that, yeah, I think that's one of the best things about foam yeah. building, yeah, really, really, is, you know, oh, the wing broke. Yeah, so what? Yep. No big deal. Well, Just cut another one. We learned. Cut another one. Yeah. yeah. See? And then, you know, glue. Hot glue. Ding. Okay. <laughs> well, I Yay. learned early not to use hot glue. My whole airplane. Well, I mean, this is Alaska, right? So it's all there good. Go. So, uh, so here's so my Jay latest. Is showing uh, his Radjet yeah. with the replaced nose cone. Which looks really yeah. good. I like Mike it. and I were flying this thing out uh, when he was here. and I didn't crash it. You crashed it? I did not crash oh, it. No. It was, it was I, me. I just, I'm the guy who crashes planes, but I didn't crash it. Oh, good. Yeah, this time he didn't crash it. So um, so basically I was doing a landing and I, you know, kind of a rough landing. It was one of those – actually, it was a good landing, but it skipped and uh, just yep. caught the nose and crack. 
Yeah, Never. and admittedly, the nose had been oh, yeah, dinked it, it, a few yeah, times before. A few times. So, right. uh, so this time I decided to fix it right, so I just kind of cut it. Yep. I cut the nose off. That looks good. Uh, with my little saw. Then I glued uh, two sections of the pink foam together. Yeah, it's called uh, a formular is what that's called. Yeah, and then um, uh, then I just kind of drew out a basic shape on it with a uh, uh, Sharpie and yep. then just started whittling and sanding and finally got it to this shape. Now, the only thing I – what I did end up doing uh, to kind of finish this off was I – got my 3d printer because i was like yeah you know what this this foam's going to get jacked up and you know maybe i should put something on it to kind of protect it sure and so i just i printed out a little nose cone for it that slips over it and i just i haven't gotten around to gluing it on but you know it uh it all turned out pretty nice for you know, he's not showing to you now because the dog is currently eating <laughs> probably she is so uh quick question you you is you, do you do you think the plastic and that extra foam is going to change the cg on it or make it fly different or? no not at all I mean, you know, because the Why foam doesn't. Well, it it may change the CG on it, but but in his case, Negligible. the the further forward he has CG in this particular plane, right. the better off it is. Because because uh, you can, if if I remember right, we the struggle we had was moving the battery forward enough. Oh, and yeah, it's a pusher too, so the nose won't yeah. kind of come up on it as well. Yeah, so right. It's not a so so we we found yeah you know, that'll be in the in this case it'll probably be okay. Yeah. I mean, it's it's only like ten grams maybe max what he just added. Right. So. Right. 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 Well, I, I, I know you sent me a picture of that nose cone, and I was trying to figure out what it was initially, and I'm like, what? Is, oh, and then it made sense. But that's really kind of cool, that little uh, – it's like a little cap, you know? It just uh, – Yeah, it's th- it's thin. It doesn't it doesn't weigh that much because right. it's, it only has like a wall or two on it. Right. And uh, it's just to protect the foam, you know, and go over and sure. protect the foam so the foam doesn't get all dinged up. It'll probably crack first time you hit it, but um, it doesn't matter. Well, it doesn't well, matter because you'll just print another one. I mean, yeah, that's, the, that's the point of it. If it doesn't bend the foam, then he's, he's right. better off, right? Yeah. yeah it's so, exactly my point, right? right. He's going to take the hit and then you just crack it and make a new one. Back of business, yep. you know, whatever. So I've been pretty happy, but you know, like I'll I said, break the bank. I know it costs like two cents to print that out. So <laughs> it does, yeah, <laughs> something I mean. like that. You know, that's the, that's the bad part because uh, you know, once again, uh, the part that I I'm not telling you is you know it took me two, three iterations to kind of yeah. get it right. Uh, so you know? it cost you a nickel. Shame on you. <laughs> <laughs> I've been digging around on the couch. Five of these out. <laughs> Luckily, I found a dime in the couch, and I made. That's money. it. I dug it out of the dug it out of the car seat and was able to. You know, woohoo! We're printing tonight, fellas. That's right. What are we printing tonight? We're rich. <laughs> we can we mess with a whole bunch of times. I'm going to print out a hundred things with. Two <laughs> uh, well, you know that's um, it's funny you guys were mentioning that because uh, just yesterday, uh, I was trying to find the end of the internet, and of course, you know, went down one of those holes, and you know how that is. And it, for some reason, I, I guess Jay and I were talking about somebody was telling me a story about a 3D printer, but for some reason on, you know, whatever page I was on, it decided Google and, it, you know, or whoever's listening decided to put some 3D stuff on it. So I was looking at all these little 3D things and what came up, the largest 3D printer in the world was just used by the University of Maine to build an actual boat. I, I've seen that video. They 3D printed the boat. Now it may, that actually makes sense to me. But they printed it, and then they lifted it up, stuck it in the water, put like six people on it, turned on the wave machine, and, you know, the boat did fine. So it, it was amazing. I was trying to figure out. There's no reason for it not to. No, uh-uh. They used uh, I mean, a, a special type of um, 
cross hatch, you know, where they printed it right. away and then printed it the other right. way and it kind of sealed it all. In. That gives it some, gives it some security yeah, that yeah, it needs yeah. and whatever. But it was kind of cool. So I, I, you know, I mean, I don't know. It, it just reminded me that things are, I think we mentioned before, but Jay and I were looking at, I was, I, he had showed me this printer. I was looking at some of the most expensive 3d printers in the world. And I found one that was like well into the millions and I was like, what do you do with a 3D printer that's well in the millions? And I, and I know for a fact I've mentioned it on another podcast, but uh, they printed out uh, turbochargers. Yeah, exactly. Out of metal, out of metal. I mean, that's awesome. Uh, that, to, to be able to do that and then nowadays be able to do what you guys do with the 3D printers is just amazing. Well, the big thing here in Austin. The fact that, that Jay and I could do it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, Especially, right? Right. I mean, that's really the big deal right. is that, you know, we're just two knuckleheads going at exactly. it. Exactly. Well, one of the, the, the cool things here in Austin, there's a, a new company that just opened up, and they're making homes with a 3D oh. printer. They'll print you a home in really? 24 hours. That's uh, with the with the concrete, though, right? Yeah, it's yeah. concrete. It's yeah. uh, plastic blocks instead of concrete. Right. So basically, they're charging you for a Lego home. No, 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 no. It's with <laughs> concrete, Mike. <laughs> no, it's so they used the plastic box to, for the former, right. uh, Jay, right? And then they then they squirt it in there, and they pull the plastic sort off, of. and they do it again. Uh, there's a couple of different ways they do it. The the one place here, it's kind of like, um, I don't know if you've ever seen a 3D printer where they use it to, like, put icing on cakes. Mm-mm. Yeah, they're using, like, so it just kind of comes out as a, it oozes out. Oh, like, kind of like a tube, a, a tube of toothpaste, and it comes oozing out, and they just kind of continually, and they make this organic shape of a house, and it kind of looks like an igloo by the time they get done with it. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, so it, it kind of looks like one of those hippy-dippy homes, you know. <laughs> Hippity-dippity. Well, I, <laughs> but, I uh, think you should, uh, you know, we're building some homes, so I, I need uh, some stuff for the new house. So print out a couple of Lego blocks, and then let me put them together and see how that works. We'll build a little house <laughs> I don't, I don't know about that, but... I think it'd well, be cool. Imagine if they printed a boat out with it, imagine printing a big, you know, cinder block size Lego and then just. Well, once off. again, I, I, I think they, you know, the, the, the nature of this stuff, like I said, the 3D metal printing oh, yeah. and using lasers and synthering, you know, yeah. uh, using what they don't call it synthering and they call it something or they, they uh, blast. It's using powder and they fire the laser into the powder and they're able to fuse the metal together uh, Then they put it in the oven, they bake it, they bake it and, you know. That stuff it's like powder coating. Yeah, that's what kind of like powder coating, but they're able powder coating. But yeah, but yeah. but it's in reverse where they're basically putting the powder yeah, together it. to make the right. shape, right. Yeah, infusing it, it together. But it, it's pretty cool. I mean, just like you said, they're able to build these really high precision, you know, really organic shapes that using traditional methods of you know getting pipes and welding them together, you know, is a bit of a, a bit of a hassle. And now they can make the organic shapes. They might still have to weld it together, but they can design it so that. The welding is a lot easier, and they can put the, th- the thing together a lot quicker. Yeah, early in my career uh, in computers and stuff, uh, I worked for Tektronix, and they had a big 3D printer. What wasn't the wasn't the extrusion type? It was the liquid type where they use a laser oh, yeah, to right. harden it. Yeah. And it was cool as hell to see this thing just rise out of the liquid uh, and become the shell of a printer. Yeah. I mean, just, it was friggin' incredible. Yeah, that's amazing. And and the, and the guy's like, I was like, did you just make that? He goes, yeah, a couple hours. I was like, damn. He goes, yeah, I got to make this change right here, though. They don't like the way this thing looks. I got to change it. It's like, uh, okay. So he's got to do it. All. But, but, you know, he makes his change, and a couple hours later, they get it, they get to see it. So right. now we're not talking about weeks and years or whatever right. of development and molding and all that other right. crap. Well, think about cars, how they used to design cars. They'd get a yeah. big block of clay, and a guy come out there, 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. They get out their little calipers and they'd be like making the hood or making whatever. Right. They don't do that. I mean, they still, I guess they'd still do, they do but, some I mean, of that, it, but yeah. But I mean, you know, it's crazy. Cat. That's crazy. It's crazy. Well, hey, I'll tell you what, what world we live in, man. And hopefully this 2021 will be, you know, filled with us flying and having a good time and building new parts and new planes. And I mean, well, we got a bunch of new planes on the horizon that, uh, for projects. And that's I good. got a few things there, you know, that we still haven't finished. That's true. From the, uh, you know, 3D printed plane uh, there. I'm going to make a 3D printed COVID cage. COVID, yeah, COVID cage? Yeah. Okay. It's basically a a box with an empty hole in the middle. It's you know boxed in. <laughs> All right, COVID, get in there. Get in That's there. That's right. Well, well, I I am happy to be here. Glad to be alive. That's uh, glad to have you, Mike. Uh, I, I miss you guys, and it was a touch and go there. But uh, I'm glad that I'm still here, and I'm looking forward to seeing you guys at the Electric Festival, um, and having a good time. So. You're going to share the oxygen, right? Uh, hopefully, I'll be off, but if it's still around, I'll share it. Yeah, you can all Okay. Then... I'll bring the blueberry flavoring. Because <laughs> I like yeah, blueberry I can't remember oxygen. if we were talking on the podcast about that, but, yeah, you can just put it in the tube, and then we can all be, like, smelling blueberries all day. Be... That's it. Well, the oxygen bars in New York is a big thing. That's right? true. And they pay, oh, that right? They, they pay a lot of money it. for it for, like, you know, five or ten minutes of sniffing yeah, scented it's oxygen. Expensive. It's like I never thought about that. something for 15 minutes or something. Like a dollar a minute. Yeah. Have you never seen an O2 bar? I've never been to an O2 bar. I'm not making it up. It's a real thing. It is a real thing. Oh, no, I believe you. Oh, okay. I believe you. I just, I've never been to it. It was a a big trend for a while, but uh, I I mean, before we go, because our time's up, but I I will tell you that when Jay and I went to the, or when we went to the um, altitude chamber uh, in college, uh, we had to pre-breathe oxygen for like 30 minutes because they're going to take us up to like 25,000 and dump us out like we ejected. And uh, it was funny because after about, you know, 35 minutes on oxygen, we all felt like Superman. Yep. We were, we were making plans that night to just tear up the place. I mean, we were, we're, in, I can't, we were in Little Rock, I think, or somewhere yeah. at the Air Force Base. Yep. We're in Little, no, Little there's probably Rock. 12 of us because uh, I think there were six of us on either side. And uh, Jay was literally right across. He was my partner. And, and uh, you know, we were just making these plans because we all just felt like, you know, oh my gosh, we're just, woohoo, let's go here. We're going to paint the town and we're going to do this. We're going to do that. Man, they ran us through about an hour and a half of oxygen, you know, going up, coming down, doing these tests, you know, all that stuff you see on the videos, you know, for the test pilot guys. And we had to do all that stuff. And then they're like, okay, we'll do one last, you know, rapid depressurization. Boof. We all were fogged in. We're all laughing, you know, yucking it up. And then we had to wait for 30 minutes to do the decompression thing, you know, so we couldn't leave. So we're still in there. After 30 minutes of being off O2, we all wanted to go back to the hotel and go to sleep. <laughs> it That's what ended up happening. We didn't, we yeah, didn't paint anything. Nobody went our anywhere. Eyeball, our eyelids. <laughs> we were so drained, you know. We just were like, oh. So the point is, is that those O2 bars, they get you all jacked up really quickly, but later on you're going to pay for it because you're <laughs> Isn't that what they do in Vegas? Supposedly yeah. pumping extra OT in Vegas? Yeah, they sure do. They don't have any clocks on the walls or no windows. Crazy. Love it. I know, right? So I'm not as awesome at p- poker as I thought. Uh, it was. That would be that's thing. right. <laughs> that's it. My bank account says that too, so I guess that's I can right. just believe that. Not rain, man, huh? Too bad. <laughs> 
Well, I'll tell you what, our time is up. I, uh, I want to thank everybody out there who supported, you know, my time in the hospital. And uh, if you didn't know before, uh, you know now, and, and I appreciate you thinking about us. But uh, we apologize for, uh, you know, the, the break in the, in the podcast. I know we were, you know, delinquent there, but uh, we were missing someone. So. And Jay was here, and Mike was out, and it just it didn't work. But we're back. Hopefully going to have a smash-up uh, 2021. Looking forward to seeing everybody at the AZ Electric Fest. I'm excited. I am too. Me too. Yeah, I am too. So, well, we give a shout out to our sponsors. And uh, yeah, from Arizona, I'm uh, Michael. And from the hills of Texas, I'm Jay. <laughs> and this is AK Mike in Texas. All right, hopefully, we'll see you in two weeks. Well, let's fly. Happy New Year. You have been listening to the Park Flyer Podcast. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to your next visit. Please give our show a star rating and review, and feel free to email us your questions, topics, or suggestions to parkflyerpodcast at gmail.com. Well, let's see. This ought to be an easy one for Jay. Because you're going to have to use the Squadcast audio. Mine quit after 10 minutes. <laughs>